Welcome to the Financial Advisors Workshop, where we will be interviewing some of the most successful financial advisors in America to hear exactly what strategies and tactics they use to grow their practice to 100 million and beyond. So our biggest goal here with this podcast is to help you grow your financial advisor practice. So thanks everybody for tuning in and let's jump into the interview. Welcome everybody back to the Financial Advisors Workshop. Uh, I'm Brian Castle, your host. Uh, this is the Four Star Financial Network. Uh, we are on a quest to in, in, interview and discuss the industry with some of our best colleagues in the financial advisory industry. And we have a, a great uh, gentleman to talk with today uh, in the great state of Michigan uh, with the city of Detroit recovering. And Michigan is obviously the great state of Michigan, uh, Bob Stone. And Bob Stone is a partner and relationship manager with Telemus out of Southfield, Michigan. And uh, Bob, welcome to our uh, adventure today, the Financial Thanks. Advisors Workshop. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Excellent. Well, good. Well, Bob, um, you, you know, you you told me a little bit about your firm, and I want to share some of those thoughts with uh, the group. But before we talk about Telmus, um, how did you get started in the business, and then how did you get yourself to where you are now? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So. Um, Two years out of college, I was working for a mortgage banking company in Dallas, Texas, after yeah. graduating from the University of Michigan. And um, my brother-in-law had been, um, he was the youngest million dollar producer at Merrill Lynch. This is back in 86. Ah. And uh, his thought process was, if I'm going to grow my business, I need to leverage myself. And I want to do it with someone I know and trust. Um, and uh, he called me up and asked me if I'd be interested. At the time, I was applying to business school. Uh, to get my MBA, um, pulled back all my applications, tendered my resignation and moved back to Detroit. And this, the market was just starting to get hot back then. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is going to be wonderful. Um, and I started working for him uh, back in February, March of uh, 1987 and been doing it ever since. Well, nice. Excellent. And then you started uh, with one of the warehouses at the time. Yes, I did. Merrill Lynch. Uh, you know, Mother Merrill, uh, and left in 1999 to go to Payne Weber. Uh, Payne Weber became UBS, and in our view, became Merrill Lynch all over again. And after six years at uh, at um, at UBS, we decided uh, to start our own BDRIA um, and started Telemus Capital long before I think anyone knew what what a, a BD or an RIA was. Yeah. So tell us about those days. Uh, what was, uh, what was challenging about it? Everything. Um, technology was horrible. Uh, custodians were bad. Um, you know, clients thought you were going to go out of business and they thought if you went out of business, they would lose their money because that's the way Merrill Lynch and UBS sold against us. Um, you know, said we were making risky investments, you know, anything and everything. Um, but, you know, our loyal clients, you know, understood the safety of their investments and that we were doing this actually, you know, for them, um, you know, because we always felt there was a conflict of interest. What was right for Merrill, what was right for UBS wasn't always what was right um, for, uh, for our clients. So we decided to do what was right for them and, and it ended up being what was right for us. So what, what were those conflicts then? And, and let's, let's talk about whether they're still there now. Uh, at those firms that caused you to, to form talent? You know, I, I think the biggest conflict is, is uh, you know, in terms of access to money managers, and I would say size too. Um, you know, 
Uh, we had a chief investment officer uh, years back uh, who, had, who had been at um, you know, a large mutual fund company, and, and he used to tell the story about how um, Payne Weber UBS came to him and said, you've got a great small cap fund. We'd like to put you on our platform. And for the honor of being on that platform, you're going to share half your revenue with us. So, you know, it's kind of pay to play. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I'm a big proponent of having alternative investments in clients' portfolios. And, you know, if Telemus Capital comes to a, a, a hedge fund or a real estate fund, you know, we're not going to move the needle investing four or five million dollars with them. When, you know, when UBS comes to you, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, you got 16,000 advisors selling your product. There's a billion plus dollars coming to you. I'm not so sure that's the best thing for um, uh, a, a money manager, a hedge fund, a real estate fund to get a billion dollars up front and, you know, have to digest it. And I'm not so, you know, to me, those are kind of the conflicts of interest. And I also thought the products and services um, outside of the investment that we had no control over were always, you know, we were walking on, on landmines, you know, and the insurance side, things always got screwed up. The mortgage side, you know, we lost clients when we, when we referred them to Merrill Lynch's mortgage division, you know, they'd forget to send uh, 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 payment notices out, then they'd send out threatening notices that we're going to foreclose on your house. And these are, you know, multi-million dollar uh, uh, you know, net worth clients, um, you know, we ended up losing business because of the poor development of the underlying businesses. So we decided it made sense to have more control over all those things for our clients. And now in today's day, technology, and I think the fintech firms are much more, much nimbler than what you could get at the, you know, the Merrill Lynch's and the UBS of the world. I think the technology that we have access to and the ability to move in and out of that technology as quickly as possible is, is I think, a definite uh, benefit to us and to other RIAs of our size. Well, very much so. So you, you identified some conflicts and we've all talked about some of those conflicts over the years. So then has anything, uh, fast forward to now, uh, you started, tell us exactly what year? 2005, February okay. 15th of 2005. So we're, we're, we're 16, 17 years on. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything change with wirehouses? Have you heard of any? Oh, yeah. no, okay. <laughs> they haven't. <laughs> they haven't changed. I mean, you know, it's, I, there was an article today. I just saw that Merrill Lynch just got fined $15 million because their advisors were selling C shares to their clients when they should have been selling A shares. You know, and that, so that, that tells me that that conflict still exists to this day. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, but uh, in a sense, though, the public has figured it out because our independent space is growing and their space is not growing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, 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 they haven't figured out how to solve it. The public's figured it out. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you did the right thing. So now, years later, you're, you're, you're with Telemus and Telemus has grown nicely. So tell us when you first started Telemus, and the systems are difficult and everything was a bit challenging, um, but what did you design at that time and how has that evolved into a set of services and programs for clients? And at the very beginning, we were you know, still money managers, showing our clients good ideas, access to mutual funds. InvestNet was just getting started way back when, so we got access to, to, to money managers. Um, you know, We built out portfolios for our clients and we still have model portfolios that we recommend to our advisors, but give them some leeway in terms of how to, you know, customize them for the client's needs. We're still there, but, you know, 
the needs of our clients have changed over the years where money management, yes, is still important, but financial planning, insurance advisory, tax planning, um, all those things are, are, are becoming more and more important as wealth has increased, generations are coming into those families and moving the, the assets into next generations and how do you anticipate those needs and those costs. Mm-hmm. So we really had to expand kind of the, the offering to our clients to make sure we're still relevant to their needs. Nice. So what kinds of systems does that include? Like, how do you deliver that today? So, you know, listen, FinTech has done a wonderful job. You know, on, on the back end, we're using Salesforce for, an, for financial advisors and Orion uh, advisors for, for our, um, you know, our CRM and uh, billing performance analysis and, uh, you know, trading. Um, you know, so that makes life a hell of a lot easier. You used to have to rebalance accounts using spreadsheets and kind of, you know, hook or crook to get, you know, the rebalancing done. Now we can plug it into Eclipse and, and it's much, you know, I can, you know, I can rebalance an account in Eclipse based on a model account, um, you know, in five minutes. So technology has become, you know, a, a game changer and, and a more, you know, makes us much more efficient and allows us to do really kind of the softer things that our clients need. So, you know, we, you know, we're still managing assets, uh, but we're able to add in kind of alternative investments. Those can be captured on Orion. Our clients have access to a portal. They can load their asset, their assets from us as well as other places. Um, you know, I think that's a bit of a game changer also. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, financial planning and, you know, insurance advisory, I think are key components. Um, I saw an article the other day that 70% of Americans don't have a financial plan. You know, that, that, that means there's a lot of opportunity for us still. There really is. Now, you also mentioned <clears throat> when you talked about fintech, you talked about uh, a system called HubSpot and mm-hmm. uh, we're HubSpot users, and I know how we've used it. How have you leveraged that in a new way that's different than the wirehouses and, and a lot of our industry? Um, well, A, that we're allowed to use it and they're not. So that's a, that's a starting spot. But, um, you know, listen, we, we, we are willing to take chances and not chances. We're willing to try things um, when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, and some things work, some things don't. So um, we're very active in, uh, uh, prior to COVID, we started doing uh, webinars um, and we started doing a lot of, um, um, you know, internet marketing, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn. You come to our website um, and, you know, fortunately for us, we can follow you all over the internet, you know, with the cookies that, that we use. Um, and Telemus is going to show up on your web, you know, wherever you're browsing, we're going to show up for a while unless you clear out things. Um, right. But HubSpot has given us an opportunity to create, um, you know, we have a very robust email list. We send out a weekly kind of tongue in cheek type of, of, of email at the beginning of every week um, with attached articles. Um, so HubSpot's allowed us to kind of curate that. If, if people unsubscribe, they get unsubscribed. But you know, we have a clean 10,000 people on that list and, and they get information from us on a pretty regular basis. And we have a cadence in terms of weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, quarterly type of emails that we can be much more efficient using HubSpot um, to get that out to our, our, our clients, prospective clients, as well as friends of Telemus. Nice. Nice. So what system do you use for planning? Uh, we use, well... 
We have a chief wealth officer, which I think is somewhat unique. Um, Andy Bass has been with us actually since we started the firm. Um, so Andy is our financial planner, especially for our more complicated situations. And, and so we use Money Guide Pro, we use eMoney, we use Andy. Um, and it's, you know, between those three things, um, we can, you know, we're, we're managing money for billionaire families and, you know, families with, you know, a lot less net worth and doing the efficient job to, to kind of help them figure out the path um, to whatever that path is to retirement, through retirement, um, into next generations. Nice. And Money Guide uh, Pro and eMoney, and Money Guide Pro does tie into um, Orion Advisors. So when a client is technically proficient to sign in, their Money Guide Pro financial plan is in, is in the portal and gets updated with current values of their accounts. Um, on a daily basis if they really want to. And they can enter through Orion Planning and feed that information into the other system, right? Yeah, Money Guide Pro feeds into Orion. When a client goes into the portal, um, the, that, that Money Guide Pro uh, plan shows up. They can't change things, um, but at least they can you know, take a look at their plan on a regular basis. But Money Guide Pro has the play zone, so you could actually do that as well. If they we don't want to give we don't want to give them the keys to the kingdom, so we, we, keep, <laughs> it, we keep it at the house. Okay, great. Okay, uh, good. Now uh, we did talk about you're you're in the suburban Detroit, and mm -hmm. I was aware of of uh, how the uh, the metropolitan areas changed so dramatically with bad management, the auto industry just downsizing, and on and on and on. And so Detroit bottomed around year two thousand, and it's starting to grow. Mm -hmm. Now, um, did that affect? your business as you're growing at all. Um, it didn't sound like it did, but. Now, listen, the suburbs of Detroit, there's still money um, in Detroit. Um, oh. You know, there is a great entrepreneurial class. There are several people and clients of mine that are entrepreneurs that have started businesses that had liquidity events, et cetera, et cetera. That's always been here. And there's always been old money. Um, you know, Detroit was a wealthy community, the auto industry declined, but there's still wealth here. Um, and we, you know, we have always found opportunities and, and clients with needs, professionals, business owners, et cetera, that have needed our, our, our services. And over the last couple of years, um, you know, the wealth has increased, you know, mm -hmm. uh, across the Detroit area. Um, Dan Gilbert moving into Detroit, the Illich family moving into Detroit. Um, have really kind of jump-started kind of that entrepreneurial spirit in the city of Detroit. Um, mm -hmm. And it started to flow out from there. So now with Detroit actually growing, it didn't affect you as you were building the business. Uh, but now as you're, as you're growing the business again, from this point on, mm -hmm. uh, would the growth of Detroit and the recovery of Detroit be a really a help to your firm? I think so. Yeah, there's, there's more money in motion. We've always noticed over the years that, you know, um, you know, given... Uh, 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 inertia. People are not ready, you know, not ready to switch advisors that they've had. But when they have a liquidity event, a, a business sale, they inherit money. You know, when there's money in motion, um, mm -hmm. we see that 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 individuals tend to want to reevaluate their entire team. Um, and now yeah. that there's more money in motion and more opportunities, we're seeing, you know, we're getting more turns at the plate and that kind of stuff. Both here and same thing in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor's got a very entrepreneurial class. Um, when Pfizer left Ann Arbor, uh, the University of Michigan took over their headquarters and turned it into an incubator. And you're seeing a lot of biotech and pharmaceutical tech kind of grow up, as well as several uh, software firms kind of 
grew up and sold in Ann Arbor and kind of the, they spawned several other firms. So we're seeing a lot of opportunities in Ann Arbor uh, for the same reason, money in motion. It's a vibrant community there in Ann Arbor for sure. Yes. Uh, yep. An anchor for the Detroit area and yeah. uh, now on the other way. That being said, Ann Arbor is 45, you know, from door to door, from my office here to my office in Ann Arbor is 35 minutes. Ann Arbor is a different community. If you don't have boots on the ground, they don't really want to talk to you, which is fine. We just have to manage to that. Just have to, you have to be there. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned family office services too. So what kinds of family office services that differentiate your firm do you offer? So, you know, kind of the history of that was my largest client, um, you know, came to me uh, about three, four years ago, pre-COVID and said, you know, the woman who's running our family office, you know, is, is retiring. She's done. You know, how can you help us? And we had kind of kicked around the idea of doing that for several years. And we had a relationship with a woman who uh, was a CPA and really didn't want to be a CPA anymore. And we said, you know, here's a blank screen, you know, let's figure it out. They're your first client. Let's go. So we're now up to 10 clients um, and it's really, you know, it's a multi-client family office. We use technology uh, to really help us, but, you know, we're, we're managing bills, we're managing uh, employees, background checks, uh, reconciling, um, you know, bank statements, credit card statements. You know, some of our clients have come to us, they're deal junkies um, and they basically are just, it, they have so many deals, it's unwieldy. We're keeping track of it. We created you know, uh, uh, an online presence for them where all their assets are, uh, their anticipated tax needs, their anticipated cash calls. Uh, we're gathering all the K-1s for them. Uh, we're flowing them through to the CPA. We're, we're coordinating with tax attorneys and CPAs and really becoming kind of that one point for everything in that family, you know, so that they can enjoy their wealth and not have to worry about the day-to-day -day management of it. All the specifics of it, interesting. Yeah. Uh, great. So, so, so Telemus is in a sense, an outsourced family office. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we charge based on complexity and time. Um, you know, so it, it's a one-year contract. We charge quarterly at the end of every year, depending on, you know, what's happening either, you know, we'll, we'll charge more, we'll charge less based on complexity. Mm -hmm. So do you also charge management fees in addition to, uh, advisory fees that help yeah. the world. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're, you know, the bulk of our revenue comes from assets. You know, we charge based on the assets under management. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we also, we have a division that does insurance. So, you know, we, we share in the, in, in the insurance revenue, the commissions come out of insurance. Um, we also have um, um, uh, corporate executive services. Um, so kind of like the ACO model where we go into a business, they charge, they, they pay us a flat fee to kind of be the wealth advisor for their, you know, senior executives or C-suite. Um, we're doing tax planning, estate planning, uh, preparing taxes, um, as well as advising on benefits and insurance. Nice, nice. And then if they end up being clients, uh, then obviously there's revenue there. Exactly. Uh, in their investments right. as well. But all right. the planning and stuff is a lot of work. And uh, yeah. so the, the company um, does that as a benefit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, some companies do it as a benefit. We were hired by a, uh, a, a healthcare chain um, and that, you know, we are a preferred provider. We're charging a fee, but the individuals are paying us that fee, not, not, not the healthcare firm. Um, but, you know, 
that it's kind of for them it's crawl walk run eventually they will probably pay us but they you know they want to see how we do um right. but at the end of the day our thought has always been there's a lot of opportunity for corporate executives because a lot of their 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 net worth is tied up in the business benefits and ownership um and if they were to go to a brokerage firm of one sort or another with a half a million dollars um you know and assets to manage but you know couple, you know, $10 million of net worth in corporate stock, they're not going to get the best team available. By charging a flat fee and doing those kind of things, we're willing to, you know, kind of work with those clients, you know, and, and play the long game. You know, eventually they'll retire, eventually they'll leave, and there'll be opportunities for us on the back end, because we've done everything they need to get done prior to that. And how many companies do you work with now that offer in that way where you charge a fee for corporate executive or a um, probably four or five now. That's nice. Yeah, nice. we're just getting up and running, but you know we see a lot of opportunities, and we've actually talked to a couple other RIAs that see the, the the benefit of it, and you know we're trying to figure out revenue share opportunities with them so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Nice. I like they'll outsource it to you. Yeah. Great. So okay, so we talked about uh, growth in Detroit. Uh, where where else do you think there's growth opportunities? I, there seems to be them everywhere, frankly. But you know, what what are you the niches that you see that Telemus can grow in? Um, you know, we've grown we've grown from a money manager to, to really a wealth manager. Um, you know, and I think Detroit has still got a room to grow. Um, we're just starting to grow in Chicago. I mean, you know, our goal is to stick in the Midwest um, and really grow in the Midwest. So it's really Ann Arbor. I'd love to be you know, have some opportunities to grow in, in Western Michigan. There's a lot of money and a lot of opportunity in Western Michigan, um, you know, and really just kind of, uh, I kind of look at it kind of the I-94 corridor from Detroit down to Chicago. There's a lot of opportunity. And, and you know, for the near term, that's our game plan um, is just to kind of stick in this area. We're looking to add um, tax services. So we're partnering with a, a CPA firm to start preparing taxes for our clients. Um, and, and really that's kind of the last piece of the puzzle for us. Um, and, you know, really just kind of telling our story to as many people as possible and growing from there and, and also recruiting from there. Um, cause we, I think we tell a good story and someone asked me the other day, a, a headhunter we hired the other day, he's like, you know, what would you tell an advisor walking out of a Merrill Lynch or a UBS in the world who's looking to go independent? Um, and I, you know, my, my answer to him is, is you know, we've been doing this for, you know, 16, 17 years, we've probably made every mistake in the book, you know, so learn from our mistakes. Um, you know, why kill yourself when we've already made those mistakes and we can help you anticipate them. Right. You hit the ground running. Yeah. Excellent. Well, sounds like you have a great practice. How many partners do you have? There's four partners and 46, 47 employees. Wow. Okay, great. Great. And uh, how do those uh, employees get distributed into administration, planning, finance? I think we have 14 advisors. Um, you know, we have an investment team. Uh, Matt Dimitrison uh, out of our Chicago office runs an investment team. Um, and there's one, two, I think there's six people on that team. So we have, we manage our own munis. We have a muni bond trader. Um, who does all of our own muni buying. We have a taxable debt team uh, out of Ann Arbor uh, that run all of our, it's a core plus model that's 50% double B bonds, 50% investment grade bonds. 
um, and they've got an institutional book of business as well as individual. And then all of our equity and alternatives are run out of Chicago. And I, I work on uh, the you know, alternative investment team. Excellent, excellent. Well, that, that sounds like a great system. Um, so, you know, we're having a nice conversation here and it's like we're sitting in the living room, but there are literally hundreds and perhaps over a period of time, thousands of advisors that are gonna see this interview, Bob. So considering the fact that you have a platform uh, to our industry and you're talking to our brethren, people who do the same thing that we do every day. Right. Uh, is there any message you'd like to send that group about your experience in your career, uh, what you see going forward and ways for them to uh, be the best they can be in the industry. I, I've always, you know, two things that I that I think are strong suits of my of me, and and I try to convey to my staff and even my kids is, you know, do the right thing, uh, be politely persistent, um, and I, I preach that to my staff. There's nothing wrong with being persistent, but be polite about it, um, and and connect. Um, you know, I'm a big believer of making connections. And connecting people, and 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 you never know where the next opportunity is going to come from, or the next you know great idea is going to come from. But by connecting people, um, I, I think karma is is a wonderful thing, and and by helping other people, they're going to come back and help you too. Um, right. And 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 I think that's a probably a much easier way to go through life than um, than and than the alternative. Let's say that I don't want to swear in one day. Sure. And then, do you see any trends in the industry that you would want to? identify and share with your colleagues as well? Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest trend for us is really kind of we're getting more and more calls for, you know, less volatile investments. How do I, you know, how do I avoid the volatility in terms of the investment side of things? Um, you know, so I think we're starting to put a little bit more of an emphasis on finding, you know, alternative investments, non-correlated assets um, to add to our clients' portfolios. And I think, you know, doing it right um, finding good real estate, finding good corporate credit, private equity, venture capital, hedge funds. I think those are all, you know, uh, coming into our space um, at a more reasonable price, at a more reasonable uh, uh, dollar amount. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're just at, you know, first or second inning of that coming into our industry. So Case and iCapital, um, we're talking to a couple other firms that are kind of just starting to launch that I think will have great technology um, as part of that uh, alternative investment experience. Um, you know, I think those are, I, I think that's an important trend coming in the industry. Um, and, and I think a, a larger breadth of services, you know, competing on the best mutual fund or the best large cap manager, I think is kind of not a smart way to run your business going forward. I think you got to be able to do the financial planning and, and talk to them about insurance. Don't sell them insurance, but advise on insurance. We've always noticed that people, you know, I'm dealing with a client right now, net, maybe a net worth of $10 million. He's got $18 million in term insurance and he's overpaying for all of it. I mean, and so he's been sold insurance. Didn't got, wasn't part of a financial plan, wasn't advised. He was sold insurance. And so I think, you know, being able to be a trusted advisor on all those levels, financial planning, insurance, state planning, I think are very important ways to grow your business and become a more vital part of your client's life and be attached to them so that if you have an, an equity manager that fails, you're connected to them in so many other ways that they're really not gonna, you know, they're not gonna leave because you have so much institutional knowledge of their needs and their goals. 
Yes. So it's not about uh, one one manager or something like that. It's the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be, and listen, I, you know, I avoid it. You know, I have clients who come to me or people who come to me and say, you know, you know show me an idea. And it's like, no, I, that's not how I work. I mean, you know, trying to sell, <laughs> trying to sell an idea and then convert them into a client has never worked and it will never work. So, you know, right. please give up on that if you're trying to grow business that way. Yes. Yes. A more holistic approach. Yeah. You know, and those are the best clients. I mean, they stick around. I mean, you know, I, I used to say when any client looks at, you know, when I show a client, here's how we're going to invest your money. And they start looking at like a Chinese menu and they're like, I want this. I don't want that. You know, right. it's not going to be a good situation. Right. Exactly. Nice. Well, great. Well, this has been a really a great, great visit. You got a great business and uh, uh, really we appreciate your leadership in the industry. And uh, we'll check in with you again later on at some point in the future. But uh, we appreciate your sharing how you run things, uh, how things are moving and shaking in suburban Detroit. And uh, thanks so much for being with us today on the uh, Financial Advisor Workshop. Thanks, Bob. Brian. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This has been great. And okay. we'll be back with another fabulous interview with another one of our colleagues here very shortly. So thanks again, everybody else, for being with us today on the Four Star Wealth Financial Advisors Workshop. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, our biggest goal here is to help you grow your financial advisor practice to 100 million and beyond. So don't forget to download our guide on all the tips, strategies, and tricks I personally use to grow my practice to 100 million and beyond in managed assets by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. And if you're a financial advisor looking for more freedom, higher margins, better training, please set up a consultation to discuss joining our team by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And until the next financial advisor workshop, keep on growing out there, everyone.